Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for November 17th, 2019. Oyo Kubosa here. So very, very glad you joined us. I want to tell you about a, there's a discussion about self and others. Now when we say self and others, this means relationships, how we, how we act with others. So it enters into the dimension of ethics and morality. And when this becomes, uh, you know, sometimes they say there's ethics, how you behave, and how it's related or its implications for religion. Now, if you're, how you act has consequences for uh, your spirituality in the sense that in some approaches, uh, you know, it's based on reward or punishment. If you do good, you go you up, and if you don't do good to others, you go down. Uh, but some people might say, instead of putting, that might be putting the the cart before the horse, because you should have the spirituality and have that lead to how you act with others and toward others. Well, be that as it may, uh, you know, we have something like uh, the golden rule, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Then I heard an interesting, I don't quite remember if it was called the silver rule or the platinum rule. But instead of saying, uh, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you, there's a little, there's, do unto others like they would like to be done unto. <laughs> Do you get that difference? Okay. Uh, clearly, the empathy or compassion emphasis, and some say that this is very strong in terms of Buddhism. Okay. Uh, compassion for others means you would treat them the way they would want to be treated, not be treated the way you would like to be treated. Now, this may be just a kind of a subtle or 
uh, distinction. Uh, but it has been said, when you think about the reward punishment thing, um, not only what you do, but what you believe in determines, well, there's a tremendous concern about where you go. Okay, And of course, uh, there's that aspect in Buddhism too, although there's quite a few movements that say, you know, uh, don't misconstrue like pure land as a heaven that you go to after you die, but it's here on in your present life here on earth. Okay, Or as it's been said, heaven and hell, it's right here. It's the state of our minds, not a place that you go after you die. Things like this, you know, this is uh, not that we could give a answer to these kinds of questions, but they're uh, uh, what do you call educational in the sense that they stimulate discussion and you might learn during that discussion. Not that the goal, and that's the goal, not the goal to answer that question objectively once and for all, what is the truth? Okay. Uh, for instance, I heard a, a, a Buddhist monk he happened to be an American Caucasian uh, at a retreat workshop, and he was describing one experience he had when he was uh, meeting with college students on on a camp college campus. You know how uh, uh, there's some similar groups of uh, 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 students for Christ, or there's some kind of um, Missionary, actually, they say they go and they talk to college students, okay, about Christianity. Uh, so he was trying to balance this off, and he was not proselytizing, but just being more educational and talking about you know, Buddhism. And one of the students, young young lady, uh, she said to him, "Well, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to go to hell." And what he said was very interesting. He said, I thought about this, and then I said, you know, as a Buddhist monk who's concerned with, you know, others, empathy and compassion for others, hell is a good place to be because that's where, pe that's where people are suffering. Maybe that's where Buddhist monks should be. They should go to hell because that's where people are suffering. Uh, well, uh, I heard some Buddhist ministers talking about this as this topic. I said, well, sure, okay, uh, if you're a good Christian, you go to heaven. But he says, well, but, but if you go to, you shouldn't stay in heaven. If you go to heaven and get God's love, then take that love and go down to hell because that's where people are suffering and, you know, you can show God's love to where it's really needed. Uh, don't stay in heaven. Okay, this this sort of is uh, pointing out the self and others dimension, isn't it? So uh, I think that's an interesting discussion topic. Okay, I want to give you an introduction to today's guest, who's going to give us a Dharma glimpse. 
And uh, all I know about it is that it's a very interesting title called Joe the Squirrel. This is by Rene Sayo, uh, lives in New York and was part of our LM8 group. So let's hear from about Joe the Squirrel. Hi, everyone. This is Reverend Hoyo. And this is the Dharma Glimpse for November 3rd, 2019. Uh, recently, I was invited to speak at a local... Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. I wrote a Dharma Glimpse called Joe the Squirrel. In April of this year, my little dog, Bach, passed after 14 years. He was my loving companion always with me, and brought me such joy. I felt a terrible loss after he passed, an emptiness I've never felt. So much so, I searched for books to help me feel better and wanted to know if pets remain with you after they leave this earth. All the books I read confirmed that our pets are spirit and stay with us when we call them in and think of them. It was a new way for me of looking at all of the animal kingdom. Bach confirmed this with me as well, with his gift of extreme affection before he left and his presence the night of his passing. This opened up a new portal for me. I thought of St. Francis of Assisi and how he communed with the animal kingdom. With this newly found information and wisdom, I felt I really wanted to learn more about how to commune with the animal kingdom. I thought I would start with the little animals around me, squirrels in particular, because they were so abundant here, and in a way, they were asking me to take notice of them. We had a screened porch that we had converted into a four-season room this summer. This was not the plan, however. We noticed a few walnuts hidden here and there in our porch and knew the squirrels had found their way in. When once we looked out our kitchen window which opens to the screen porch, a squirrel was clinging to the screen, his little white belly and four paws facing the kitchen. The next day we called a contractor and within a few months, a solid four-season room had been constructed. I thank the squirrel for that. As it turns out, our porch was ready to collapse with perhaps one more winter. So it was. I wanted to make friends and get to know my squirrels and the birds. I found an old bird feeder in the garage and put it out close to our new four-season room so we could spend hours watching the birds at a very close range. It didn't take long for Joe, the name I chose for my squirrel, to find the feeder. Well, as squirrels do, he found his way hanging upside down on the feeder and cleaned it out within hours. I immediately searched online for a squirrel-proof bird feeder. Sure enough, there it was. The Squirrel Buster Classic, with over a thousand five-star reviews. I clicked the buy button, and within a few days, we had our new Squirrel Buster Classic on its pole right in front of us to watch all day. As much as Joe tried, he wasn't able to bust through, and finally settled for droppings below the feeder. However, I was continually hearing his, and now Mike, his buddy, walking on the roof of our four-season room as I was sitting inside feeling quite peaceful. Then one day they started climbing down the roof onto the screens as a shortcut to the feeder. 
I jumped up and made a loud noise so Joe would jump off the screen. This is not good, I said out loud. I feared Joe and his buddies would rip our new screens and we would have to replace them. A few days later, I had stepped into our new room, and as I opened the sliding glass door a few feet away from our bird feeder, I saw a raccoon staring at me just below the feeder. I immediately closed the door and stood paralyzed for a moment, wondering what to do. I thought it unusual to see a raccoon in the day. It was a young raccoon and alone. On further observation, I noticed he walked with a limp. Well, this was not a good situation either, considering we still have our little dog, Bella, box sibling to think about. How would we let, how would we let her out the back door with a, a raccoon in the yard? The raccoon didn't leave that day until late in the evening. We thought he had left for good, but Rocky was back again the next day positioned under the bird feeder. This caused us to rethink our close positioning of the bird feeder. In what I thought would be my commune with nature and the animal kingdom was, in fact, causing me a great deal of stress. Was it me, I asked myself? Am I trying to control nature? Or should I just rejoice in their beingness? No, no can do. I'm not there yet. That night, when I couldn't sleep, I grabbed my Kindle, which I rarely do, and looked at books recommended for me. There, right there in front of me, I read, <clears throat> We Walk Beside You, Animal Messages for an Awakening World. I immediately circled, I immediately clicked by, on the buy button of my Kindle. I started reading immediately, and the first animal the author channeled was a squirrel named Monty. In, further, in reading further, she channeled a message from a raccoon. I couldn't believe it. I was so meant to read this book. Well, this is when my eyes really opened to the significance of my wanting to commune with animals. The animals in the book were telling us of how they are able to teach us and help us on our journey. It was a profound awakening, and one that helped me understand that animals really do walk beside us. So instead of giving up altogether, we moved the feeder further away on a birch tree, but still within sight of our new room. Within minutes, my little animal kingdom found their feeder and were delighted to have more room to fly about and a tree to climb up and down. I have grown very fond of Joe, and can tell them apart from Mike and some newcomers. My joy of watching them so happy at the feeder has increased so much after learning of their profound wisdom and guidance. They are our friends, our spiritual guides and teachers. I can't help feel my dog, Box, sent me these messages. He wanted me to feel that joy again, the same joy that he gave me when he was in his little fursuit, the joy of living in the moment watching all the different birds, the squirrels, the chipmunks, and how they enjoy life just being in their now moment. Watching this fantastic play of nature is a constant reminder that joy is why we are here. Joy is what we are meant to experience at every moment. It's not anything external, but an internal welling up of love by seeing we are one, seeing our reflection in all life, reminding us of our connectedness, and what blesses one, blesses all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. I think this whole topic of 
Well, I guess animals in nature are a little different than, than pets. Now, we know that uh, our relationship with pets is very strong, very positive. I think animals in nature is a complex challenge, you know, in many ways. We have beautiful moments. We have moments that uh, where we don't get along with animals in nature. Um, there are times when, if they're not pests, P-E-S-T, okay, uh, we could enjoy. We have, uh, here at Bright Dawn Center, we have uh, a lot of hummingbirds, and we have some feeders. I put uh, sugar water in there, and a lot of hummingbirds come right next to the kitchen window and give us a lot of joy. But well, we do see a lot of competition, uh, fighting, okay? In addition to cooperation and companionship among the hummingbirds they ha that they have among themselves, okay, the longer you watch, you see the whole spectrum okay, of ethics or morality, if you want to call it that, among the hummingbirds themselves. Okay. And we have some bird feeders too. Okay. And of course, there's, I'm sure, pecking order there and so forth. And squirrels try to they they get this when the birds eat get, they spill a lot of bird seed on the ground below it and squirrels they do come there. We, uh, we have deer that come and they'll they'll just eat up all that bird seed unless we have to raise the feeder up a little higher so that the deer can't get it. All kind of things uh, happen okay? and. It could be related to it. You might call it animal ethics. Uh, you know, we when you think about mice or spiders in the house, it's quite different than when you encounter them outside. Some would say, hey, if they're outside, that's their home. Leave them alone. But I'm sorry. If they come in my house, my house, I got to get them out. Now, yes, a purist might say, hey, uh, you know, or a realist would say, well, hey. Uh, um, and I just wanted to share an experience I had. It's, it's a, to me, a unique one that, that doesn't come along very often, that I haven't had very often. And this one stands out in my memory. Okay. Um, and it has to do with a mouse. Now, well, I suppose for com completion or, you know, uh, you could think about mice in terms of lab animals, or you could think about them, the ones that are really pets. I mean, I, some people, I think they have a, a white rat as a pet. It, <laughs> somebody else somebody else might say, oh, when I think of rats, whoa, you know, uh, Okay, I'm just acknowledging that that aspect, but just simply, uh, I have to say that mice in one's home, you got to do something about it, okay? And you put out your mouth, mice traps and 
you know, because otherwise they're going to get in the food and you know that, well, it might be uh, not good for a, a healthy sanitary conditions and they could get out of hand and so forth and so forth, okay? And uh, you, you have a certain feeling toward this category of mice in the house. Okay? And that's pretty, I think, yeah, almost universal, I think. Okay? Not that you get any joy from doing it, okay? Um, but the experience I want to share with you is uh, when I was at the Buddhist Temple of Chicago, they had their uh, church building uh, was an old uh, old building. It was quite old. Maybe it was over 100 years old when they bought it in the north side of Chicago. If you see an old, big old building in the city, <laughs> urban, you know, uh, there are rodents in there. Uh, I'm, you know, that's just a fact. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, it was a Monday morning, and our situation that I realized later was that some mice particularly come around on Monday morning because they know, they learn that on Sunday, after the service, we have some tea and cookies in the foyer, and there might be some cookie crumbs around on the floor. Okay. Then I didn't really fully realize this, you know, completely. But anyway, it was Monday morning, and, and I was on a phone call. Okay. Uh, and I don't remember who I was talking to or what I was talking about, but I couldn't hang up. I was talk I was in this conversation with this person. And a little mouse came into the foyer, and he was searching around for the bread cookie crumbs. Now, normally, if if I was not on the phone, and I was just in, you know, at my desk or something, and you saw a mouse, you said, well, you might go get a broom, or you might stand up and chase that mouse away at the least. Okay. But here I was stuck on the phone. Okay. So I, I couldn't do anything. So I was just talking on the phone, but I was watching that my that mouse. <sighs> that situation was a, a very unusual one for me. Anyway, I just had to. I just was watching a mouse, okay? and because I wasn't moving around or yelling at him or anything. This mouse, well, mice are curious. And he wasn't afraid of me. Yeah. And maybe he was young. Maybe, you know, he had, hadn't learned sur those kind of survival experiences and skills yet, but he came right up to me near my shoe. And I guess maybe he was young and he was so cute. And we looked into each other's eyes, and I said, man, this, I felt some kind of communion with this mouse. Okay. Uh, and he wasn't in nature, because he, he's in the, inside the church. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, church means something in terms of kindness or compassion, but uh, <laughs> not usually, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
office uh, temple staff, they have mousetraps around. And uh, so we don't think about empathy or, you know, with a temple mouse. But maybe this is like Joe. No, and like I say, it's complicated in the sense that it's not all or nothing all the time in terms of positive, negative, or, you know, our our feelings toward toward mice. Depends a lot on the context, situation, okay, and so forth. So this is some of the thoughts I had when I listened to Joe the Squirrel, Dharma Glimpse. Uh, as well as memories of, we always had dogs in our family when, when we were, I was growing up, and we still have them now. Um, and so dog pets are really special in our lives, and I'm sure you could, you know, uh, learn a lot. We learn a lot about joys and sorrows associated to being a pet owner. Okay. But it's kind of unusual when the animal in nature comes inside your house and, uh, well, he's a pest. You got to get rid of him. Okay. Um, and I know some people, they say, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a spider. You know, you got to catch him and put him outside. You're not going to kill him. Although someone said in another Dharma glimpse, I never knew this, but he said, do you know that if you take a house spider and you put him outside, he's going to die. <laughs> so there you go again. Complex. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, hey, hey, keep going. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you.